You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. We do look at ourselves. We're going to consistently go back to that same place. We've got to be looking at God who doesn't change, and it's only by focusing on Him. Because as I look in the mirror, I, I continually see a man who falls short, which is what's sad to me because there are certain religions and certain interpretations of Christianity that actually believe you can lose your salvation. And I feel bad if you grow up under those teachings because if that's the case, then everybody's going to lose their— I mean, as soon as we received it, we would lose it. So, man, it it is God and His faithfulness that I have to continue to look toward. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We are continuing our Unashamed series this week, talking about security with two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor, Jose Abaroa. Jose, great to have you here. And we're joined by the doc. The doc is in session this morning, Dr. Sean Stover. Sean, thanks for being here. Hey, Taylor. Good to be here. We're laughing at you. you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That was quite the intro. That was was liking that. I'm feeling energetic this morning. Sean, would love to give you the first word as you prepared for this message. And I loved how you kind of started off the message talking about there is a difference between some of the more topical messages that you get assigned every now and then to this one. So what was it like processing through this passage and kind of what what led you to the passages you picked and and kind of the points that we, we looked at on Sunday? The irony of a message series called unashamed and then walking on a stage completely ashamed of my lack of knowledge of Greek and theology and biblical depth uh, it wasn't lost on me, Taylor. Um, but at the same time, it's just really cool to, to not, I, I say that in humility, but, but not, um, I'm not trying to put myself down because what it did was it gave me a chance to actually dig in and study in a way that I don't normally get to do. And I would, I would encourage anybody with that message right there that, hey, when you get to something hard, you can, um, that's the word I'm looking for, demean yourself and just say, I'm not capable, or you could really dig in. And, you know, obviously, if I'm going to teach, I, I didn't have a choice. I had to dig in, mm-hmm. which I did. Um, one of my favorite things from last week was going back and listening to my college pastor. When I became a Christian, mm-hmm. I was at Denton Bible Church, and I listened to Tommy Nelson, uh Dallas Theological Seminary grad, super stud, uh, Bible translator. And I listened to him teach on Romans 5. The intimidating thing was he taught 50 minutes on the first half of Romans 5 and 50 (laughs) minutes on the second half. Uh, Thankfully, he used so many words I didn't understand that just by cutting out those words, I was able to, you know, have a message that was 25, 30 minutes. But it's it's a good challenge to have and a good reminder that the Bible is rich and it is deep. And to the extent that we invest in it, God will reward us, hopefully, with something that's important and significant for us. Yeah, these are timeless words. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, later on, we'll, we'll read that uh, we really can't understand the depth of the word's richness. We can't understand the uh, awesome nature of the grace of God. And so Romans is what we have. Uh, words down on paper that have uh, stood the test of time that uh, can 
pierce any culture with the truth that it needs to thrive and and truly see its community uh, flourish, in this case, the community in Rome. Um, but Sean, you do one thing amazingly. I told you this after the, the gathering. You are able to take very complex uh, uh, mm-hmm. things and communicate them so simply. Mm-hmm. And that came across really, really well on Sunday. So I can't wait to dig in. Yeah, let's let's jump in here. Uh, Romans 5, we looked at the first two verses and Sean, you extracted so much just right away. These yeah. first two verses here, really identifying three themes that talk about justified by faith. We look at the peace of God, the grace of God, and the hope of God. Um, each one of those three could be a sermon of itself, and, and we've talked about that uh, countless Sundays. But but what's so significant about those three things, peace, grace, and hope, in this concept of security that we've been looking at in this particular part, and even as a, a series with Unashamed? Yeah, since we have been justified by faith, I love that he starts this portion of the letter with that. Since we have been, you know, this is this work has been done; it is finished, and based on that, we have security. and And some of the tangible gifts of that security are those three things. and And it's true. If I look at the faithful believers in my life, the role models that I look up to. I mean, my mother in law is a saint, and I look at her and I see her. Exp- the peace exudes from her. It, you can walk in her home and it just, it yeah. feels peace. And it's, it's not a peace like her life has been easy. Um, she's widowed and, you know, she's, um, man, in an, you know, advanced set of age. I'm not going to tell you how old she is, um, but she's beautiful and amazing. But man, she has this peace and harmony with the Lord and it's evident. She's been justified by faith and she lives in that peace and uh, and then grace, man. Then just grace. I watch her swim in the grace of God, mm-hmm. and then and then pass that on to people that she comes in contact with. I mean, not just uh, you know think about the grace, but actually live in the grace is what that verse says there in Romans. And then lastly, that hope of the glory. I mean, she looks forward in advance to what's to come. This this glory of God, and this she boasts in that, and the realization she'll spend eternity in heaven with her with her God. And uh, those three things flow out of her life. So I guess it's the easiest for me to see almost in the people that I look up to or admire. And she's a great example of that. But that's what those three things are. They're, they're what the reward, they're the, the outpouring of that being justified by faith. Mm. Well, let's talk about that security piece in the sense of uh, being under attack. Because I know for me, at least in my personal experience, it, it can be a, a very profound yet simple truth as far as like you said earlier in the scripture saying that we've been justified by faith, that the work has already been done for us. And so there is that security. And yet, you know, dot, 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 fill in the blank. The enemy tries to say, well, like not after yesterday or no, not after, you know, what you've done in the past or not after, you know. So so how do you two uh, continue to keep that security of the gospel at the forefront of your mind, even years after you first came to that conclusion? It is easy to fall into that trap. Well, man, I sure don't deserve it after yesterday. Or I, if, if, if everybody else knew what I had just done in secret, you know, God would certainly be ashamed of me and not want me in there. And and that's the beauty of it is if we do look at ourselves, we're going to consistently go back to that same place. We've got to be looking at God who doesn't change and who has made this promise and this guarantee. And it's only by focusing on him. Because as I look in the mirror, I, I continually see a man who falls short.
sort, which is what's sad to me because there are certain religions and there are certain interpretations of Christianity that actually believe you can lose your salvation. And I feel bad if you grow up under those teachings because the reality is if that's the case, then everybody's going to lose their, their, I mean, we'd lose it in a heart. As soon as we received it, we would lose it. So, man, it it is God and his faithfulness that uh, I have to continue to look toward because when I look at myself, I I don't see a deserving person. We see here that these three things are a direct result of something that we didn't do. So we are uh, reaping the benefits of something that Jesus did for us. So in that case, you know, when I've heard of people like, oh, well, they're not really saved. Well, again, only only God is on the throne. Only God is the judge. We got to remember to not fall into that place. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, what we do know is that this is real. What Jesus did for us is real. And when we take that seriously and personally, we will see peace, we will see grace, and we will see hope uh, overflow in, in our lives. It's it's a Christian um, fruit that, that is born out of someone that has truly received God's love. And so personally, I look at my life and yeah, I'm grateful that my mind now is geared towards, you know, when, when I start going down one road and, and thinking, man, I gotta, 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 I gotta fix, I gotta do better. It, it's, it's that peace that draws me back. Well, remember, you already have shalom with God, the harmony that you talked about, uh, Sean. And, and it's, it's an opportunity to take a deep breath and recognize that in that moment, I'm known, I'm seen, and God wants to use me for something, but I, I need to be following him versus trying to come up with that. So it is a constant reminder that we need to remember um, all that God has done for us and living in response to that versus a way to earn, living in a way that we're trying to earn that. The three of us have talked before on the podcast, the role of our earthly fathers, just even in this concept as we relate to our heavenly father. And I think about how some may be listening and they may not have gotten that security in their dad and they felt like they needed to work towards his approval or they needed to you know, do more good things than bad things in order to get there. So have y'all seen that play into this as far as this role of security and, and kind of how does someone go about really beginning to embrace that truth of the gospel in a way that may be working through some of the stuff that they encounter with their earthly dad. I think it's more the norm that we experience from our earthly dads, even people who have great dads. We still have this sense that we want to earn their approval. We want to do, we want to be good. We want to do right. And uh, yet that's you know not the case with God. And that's what's so hard is sometimes we want to project, well, if we had this great earthly father, we'd, we'd have this easy understanding mm-hmm. of, of God and his love. And I just, I haven't seen that play out really. I mean, it's, it's certainly an advantage to have a great earthly dad. You want that. Um, but there's still this leap of faith that you have to make. And that's what it is. It's faith yeah. that says, I believe that there's somebody, there's a God out there who sent his son. And as a result, <laughs> I can't do enough. I can't earn enough. And um, the passage talks about that when you uh, mentioned Adam mm -hmm. and then Jesus. Mm -hmm. So our, our earthly father, if you trace it back enough, is Adam. And so we're all sons of Adam. But now, because of Jesus, we're we're now called, you know, his son, whom he's 
pleased with because of something we didn't do. You know, I was talking to a dad um, yesterday about wanting his son to make the team. And we were talking about the balance of uh, schedules because he's saying, I don't know if my child's going to be able to go to, you know, the church thing. He's, he's a high school student because, you know, he's got batting practice and he's got this and, and that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was calm. And, and you know, as, a, as an old youth pastor, I'm quick to, we have to prioritize this with our kids. But then, you know, further down the conversation, I got to I got to mention that hey when it comes to God's team we've already made the team and we didn't even have to try out. Mm-hmm. That's that's how awesome it is. Once we're on the team, then he gives us this training which you so um you know, you talked about on Sunday, Sean, the path as you called it, the Roman path, perseverance, character and hope. Um that's all developed when we're playing out on the field. We don't need to, you know, earn anything from that. We're already on the team. God, we're, we're, we're God's people. And so when we live life out, those are the, again, more fruit that we get to live as we, as we learn. Yeah, I think that path is critical because if I had to pick one thing that I was talking to a set of parents about that I think they should infuse in their kids uh, outside of, of, of faith in Jesus, it would be this character trait of resiliency. Mm-hmm. I would say we have to raise a we have to raise a generation of kids who are resilient because the world is going to come at them, the culture is going to come at them, life is going to come at them, failed relationships are going to come at them, the temptation of social media and access to information and access to unhealthy yeah. images is so there's no way to protect them against all of that. Mm-hmm. So resiliency is another word for, as he, Paul used there in, the, in, that, in that verse three, perseverance. Yes. Like, how do we help our kids to develop a resiliency, a perseverance, a willingness to hang on to yeah. their faith, to hang on to what they know is true as the world bombards them with things that are so false and so mm-hmm. inaccurate? I mean, I don't want to flip it around on you, but but how do you do that? I'm not thinking just even for kids, but for all of us, as far as how do we grow in that perseverance? How do we develop that? Have there been certain disciplines or just resources that God's put in y'all's life to help you uh, cultivate just that perseverance amidst suffering? I, absolutely. I said a Sunday morning sports. and sports is a big deal for us. It <laughs> yeah. is because it gives us a place to have those conversations with our kids, to be right there in the middle of it last Saturday with Colt, Tears in his eyes, ready to throw in the towel at the end of the third quarter. Already played, you know, three, almost three full games that day. And he's he's wiped out. And, and it's like, hey, we could go hop in the car right now because the outcome of this game is not going to be any different whether we stay or not. But you got another quarter to play in this this is where your character is developed. This is where you trust in the Lord to give you the strength to give 100% this last quarter. And I talk about sports probably too much, but that's our that's our thing in our family. It's one of our go-tos to develop this path. But it could be, I mean, Jose had to do it. He did it in sports, but you did it in music as well, right? Yeah, I was, I was trying to think about <laughs> other extracurriculars as you were preaching, and I was thinking about music specifically. And really, what that translated is, you better practice because come recital time, it's uh, you either nail it or you are, you know, you you're, yeah. you're you're embarrassing yourself. So I don't know if that directly translates well, it does because that Greek <laughs> word for for character, so trials 
lead to perseverance, perseverance character. The Greek word is proof. Yet that recital, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're proving gonna prove, yourself. You're going to prove whether you practiced, yeah. whether you persevered, or whether you just faked it yeah. and and got through it. And and it's going to show up at that recital. And it's that same way in in, in school with grades. You right. know, you can fake your way through and make you know C's or B's or whatever, depending on your talent level. But you get to that test or you get to that SAT score, you get to that college, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, did I actually persevere and put the work in when things got hard? In school, or did I just kind of skate by and let it go? And you're talking about how specifically you do that as a parent. Well, unfortunately, man, let's call out some parents out there that are actually kind of letting their kids skate by. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, there's a lot going on in life. It's all right. Just, just that teacher, it's their fault you didn't make an A. They didn't prepare you well enough. We have too many excuses, a lack of responsibility, and we need to hold our kids accountable to persevere and be resilient in the things we can see so that when they're out of our sight and they're grown up, they're willing to take on the things the enemy throws at now, them. Now that you say that, I'm getting a flashback from middle school. So I was in this school, it was an art school, and I played piano an hour a day, and then we did band. Um, and um, anyway, my relationship with my teacher was was really hard. I'm not gonna get into that, but bottom line, my parents told me to stick it through, to not give up, to not stop practicing, but to you know uh, work through my commitment. And I'm so grateful for that. So to your point, uh, holding on, persevering is something as parents, we gotta make sure that we're doing with our kids, and I think for ourselves too, recognizing that God wants us to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. Faith is a starting. When you recognize, okay, this isn't about me, this is about God, and God now has blessed me, so there is a personal aspect to it because he knows me more, he loves me more than anybody else here on earth. That's why he sent his son to die for me, to cover my sins, and then it's, hey, let's let's respond to that by daily walking in the way that he wants us to live. And that requires discipline. What we're doing right here is a discipline that we've put into practice over the last few years to have this conversation. Community group is, is a discipline. Spending time with Jesus every day in the word and through prayer is a discipline. Coming to church on Sunday morning, those are disciplines that help us um, equip us to persevere when suffering comes. Yeah, we talk about suffering to perseverance, perseverance to character. And then that last part of this Romans 5, verses 3 and 4, it says character to hope. And Sean, I think you did a great job on Sunday, even just defining hope a little bit, because I think the, I don't want to necessarily say the world's definition of hope, but just the way we normally use hope is, oh, I hope my team wins, or I hope this happens. And so let's just, can we talk about just the significance of that word hope and that idea of where that fits into all of this as we're even just particularly talking about raising kids in this environment of being resilient, being, uh, having perseverance. Well, what is that role about hope and how significant is it to, to stress what we're putting our hope in? And how do we know when we're putting our hope in something that is not of God? How do you kind of navigate just that that concept in itself? Yeah, specifically in that passage, he's talking about a hope that in a dark place, there's a pinprick of light at the end of the tunnel that you can walk toward. That's There's a hope that there's a brighter thing over there if I, if I fight my way through this. And uh, that's a powerful definition of hope. And I think a lot of us need to, to be reminded of that, that there is a brighter future and it is in the Lord and in our relationship with Him. And that's the ultimate source of hope and probably the only source of hope mm-hmm. in this desperate world that we have. I mean, I hope I win the lottery 
it's probably not nearly as uh, good a percentage shot. Or I, I hope Elon Musk does give me access to his 190 billion, which would be better than winning the lottery, I guess. Uh, but man, I hope in the Lord, um, and that hope fills me with things like fruits of the spirit that allow me to interact and do life in a in a healthier way. Mm-hmm. And you tied in just a security piece too. That that's the biggest play in this too. It's it's a, an assurance of what we have security-wise. That's that's the definition of faith in Hebrews 11. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. So all of this is tied together. And um, again, Sean, you did such an awesome job simplifying this incredibly deep passage. And I'm looking forward to I simplified it so much that we got through four verses in the (laughs) podcast of the 22 that are there. So (laughs) That's how deep they are. It took us this long to just go over these four. Just to kind of wrap this up, probably, I I love that he goes from that, uh, Paul does, to then really trying to illustrate this point of God loved us so much Mm -hmm. that while we were sinners, while we were hopeless, while we were ungodly, he came. He didn't wait. He didn't wait for us to clean up our act. He didn't wait for us to make one step toward him. He didn't wait for us uh, to do anything. He said, I'm coming, and we didn't deserve it, and we still don't deserve it. I still don't deserve it today. Um, And that was just such a powerful for me, you know, because there are people that I, I would lay down my life for my kids. I would. Most days I would lay down my life for Christina. Not always, but most <laughs> days I would. But man, there are people that I would jump out of the way if a bullet was coming, you know, I'd be like, hey, I'm doing more for the Lord than they are, surely. So take them. No, I don't know. That's not <laughs> right. But the reality is it, it's, an, it it's make, the metaphor makes sense, though, right? The metaphor yeah. makes sense because we're earthly, we're human. God is at a different level, and He is like, I'm sending my son. You don't deserve this, but I love you that much. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Looking forward to the next conversation.